Hey everyone, welcome to the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast, a podcast dedicated towards helping you stay healthy so you can stay on the golf course and not in the clubhouse. We will be covering all things golf, from fitness, performance, injury recovery, instruction, and everything else in between. I am your host, Dr. Russ Manalastis. I am a board-certified sports physical therapist and strength coach based out of Rochester, New York. Our goal with this podcast is to help you play your best golf yet while doing so without limitations. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Russ. Today, we've got a special guest. His name is Mike Boyko. He's the owner of Tempo in Motion Golf, which we'll kind of talk about in a little bit. But Mike, welcome to the show, man. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. Great to be here, Russ. Looking forward to this. Yeah, this is going to be really fun. So, Mike, I want you to kind of tell our listeners a little bit about your background story, about kind of what led you down this path to pursuing an idea like Tempo in Motion. But ultimately, like, your background is pretty unique. So maybe kind of tell the listeners a little bit more about that. Well, without carbon dating myself too much, um, I was a, a rock drummer from the late 80s and 90s into 2000. So I toured around the world for about 20 plus years. And um, I was always an avid athlete. Like I was a competitive ice hockey player. You know, whatever sport, you know, came around, I would play it in high school and college. And, and, uh, and I loved golf. My, uh, my uncle was a greenskeeper on Bethpage Black. Oh. And uh, that, dude, that was my home course. So really? I grew up playing that. It, is, uh, it's not, it wasn't quite what it is today, yeah, sure. yeah. but the layout was there. Right. So, um, so I just, I absolutely loved golf and, and I loved drumming. And for some reason, the short of it basically is I was hired because my tempo was so good at drums and I got a chance to play with some really big acts and I was really, really grateful to be able to do that, travel the world. But my golf game was lacking. Like my golf swing was off and it was erratic and everything. I said, well, 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 this, this is not cool. I was like, I'm a drummer. And, you know, I should be able to rock golf. So, you know, I I basically went back to what I heard when I was a kid. Me and my little buddy, we were like maybe 10 years old and we were golfing. And he says to me, he's like, you know, I think it was like Arnold Palmer or Jack Nicholas that said, if you count one, two, three, and you hit it on three, that you're going to hit a pretty good shot. And do you know how like our brain works? Like all of a sudden we access that folder, we open that folder and it just opens up like wow, I had that aha moment said, well, let me, you know, blend my music background with athletic motion and movement. Because really, it's the same thing. I mean, we can optimize movement through beats and rhythms. Yeah. So that's really how it started in a nutshell. (laughs) And again, sometimes the most simple concepts is, I mean, sometimes going back to things like that is what it takes for you to obviously have a concept and then turn it into an obviously a, a tangible idea like tempo and motion there. So Tell me, you know, a little bit more about your background with golf. You know, was that something you just kind of played recreationally when you were a kid or you kind of got more, more into it as you kind of, as you got older? Like, tell me a little bit more about, you know, how you maybe kind of looked at golf and then looked at what you did as a drummer and tried to hopefully kind of, you know, integrate both of those together. Well, well, back in the day, I mean, I had aspirations to just to be a rock star. I mean, I wanted to play drums in front of thousands of people and do my thing. And basically, athletics like, kind of took a second to that. And, uh, and, and if my hockey coach was on here right now, he would tell you a story about, you know, one day he asked one of the players, says, hey, where's Boyko? He's not here for practice. And then one of the guys says, well, you know, he's home practicing drums. He's like, well, tell him to get his butt down here or else he's going to lose a line shift, you know? <laughs> so that, I had my priorities straight. I, I basically, I, was, I wanted to play drums, and that's what I did. And I really did everything else just to, you know, kind of hone that competitive edge that I had to, 
have. And I just love sports because yeah. I love motion and movement and rhythms. Yeah. So. Yeah. So tell me kind of when maybe tempo motion became something that you really thought, hey, listen, this, this has some, you know, this has some momentum in terms of figuring out, hey, how can I turn this into something that's a tangible product so that people can obviously look at it and invest in it and, and utilize it in their daily practice, whatever sport they're playing? Oh, absolutely. Well, I had to wait for technology to kind of catch up with, uh, you know, thank you to Apple and Steve Jobs for the, you know, the iPod, iPad, I mean, right. And uh, so it allowed MP3s to play. So it really started happening like at around 03, 04. And I started messing with just creating beats for specific parts of the movement in a swing. Sure. Now, I know this is not necessarily a new concept of, you know, swinging to music, but I wanted to to kind of blend the two together and to see how it would really work with my own game. And it, it was actually not only fun and incredible because I treated the golf swing as a drum set. So if you, if you listen to our, what we call click or beat patterns yeah. that at impact with the ball, there's a crash cymbal and it's, it just symbolizes that's kind of like my little ode to drumming, I guess, yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. really, if, if it's effective sure. and to, and I tell you what, like a lot of players have been really, really saying it's like they pick up club head speed, they feel great doing it, and they hit the ball harder and farther more effortlessly. Hmm. So, and I think that effortlessly thing, that concept is, is a key point because when you look at the sport of golf, there's a lot of moving pieces, right? And, you know, mentally mm -hmm. people are constantly thinking about, hey, I need to be in this position. I need to get my club here. I need to do this. So sometimes when you take those pieces away and you focus mainly just on, like you talked about, the rhythm or the beats that you're kind of implementing with them, uh, that can go a long way in people, you know, getting out of their own head and just playing the sport the way it is. Oh, that's number one, Russ. I mean, that's, that's you know, how many times are we standing over the ball? We're ball bound, we're frozen. Right. And we think that the more that we hang out over the ball, the better the shot's going to be. <laughs> right. Tell me, does that usually work out all right? Not necessarily no. the case, that's for sure. No, no. So, so that's why a lot of it is, is when I work with a new student or, or recurring students, no matter what their skill, skill level is, it's all about, you know, hey, let's keep it moving. Keep it moving. As soon as you feel that little bit of, and you have that little spike in your head that says, uh, you know, I, I, I can't do it. Step away. Start again. Because the more that we can keep in motion and movement, whether with a head look, down to the ball, a waggle, which is a lost art, by the way. If you notice, back in the old days, all these cats waggled, man. Yeah. I mean, they all did. Like, look at Hogan, yeah. Nicholas. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, Nicholas, for example, is, is a great one. He's very, if you look at him in his pre-shot routine, it's very meditative in nature. He doesn't go until he's in that flow yeah. and he's ready to go. Yeah. So tell me kind of a little bit more, again, we, we kind of talked about this uh, before we started re recording this podcast, but you know, and obviously, you know, with you being a drummer and, and getting into a rhythm and getting into the field, we talk about this flow state. And um, I think that's really important to kind of maybe kind of or at least touch on because I think athletes, when we talk about feeling a groove and feeling a rhythm and, and being on, I think that's what most people kind of talk about flow state, but maybe you can kind of talk about it with regards to what you're, what you're discussing, what, what that means to you. Sure, sure. Well, like we mentioned before, it's like the flow state is the reason why I started this whole thing. Sure. Because I always wanted to, I said, man, I said, if everybody can feel what I feel like when I'm playing drums, it's like, it would be 
I, I, I want to share this feeling. And then I found out that that's the flow state. It's what people call the zone. Yeah. What, what, are, what are some of the other, other yeah, I mean, uh, like, terms? We, we, a lot of times, go back to flow state because that's something that we have. A, ten- a lot of our clients and athletes have a tendency to kind of grasp that idea a little bit more. And again, when we tie it back to being in the zone or being kind of zoned in, I mean, that, that has a tendency to resonate with a lot of people we talk about. And I guess the thing is, too, it's like it's the thinking without thinking. Right. So it's just actually being aware of your current situation and being aware of the task at hand. A a lot of times, and if the student is open, I do a lot of mindfulness meditation with them because basically to access the flow state, it's really getting to that state of you could tell when people are thinking. They're thinking through hearing, hearing their beats. They're thinking about where their positions are. You can actually see it. Yeah. It's interesting. And I know you and your business, you yeah. could see when somebody's over-processing a movement. No and then when they're just allowing it to happen, it's a whole different look, isn't it? Yeah. No I mean, then, then that's the state of rhythm that you want to get to. And that's the state of flow that you want to feel. But the thing is, is I think we're really difficult. We're hard on ourselves to, we say, boy, I got to access that flow state. I got to force it. It's something that can't be forced. Yeah. You have to experience it. And that's why mindfulness meditation and mindfulness in general is just such a wonderful way to access that, to see the difference. It's like, okay, up, up, I'm thinking. Okay, that's okay that I'm thinking. Let me just pull back to awareness. So now you're going back and forth and you're not battling and fighting yourself. Yeah. So that's, that's a beautiful state to get to. And that's an actual tool that's been wonderful that, that I mean, it's, I'm glad that it's in the consciousness now a little bit more than it used to be. And it's becoming more demystified now. Yeah, no question. Mindfulness is becoming a huge concept with regards to sport performance, right? If people are kind of, if athletes are, you know, maybe tied up in a certain aspect of their game or, you know, skill that they're maybe struggling with, using some mindfulness and maybe some meditation and things like that can go a long way in figuring out how best can they get that under control, you know, harness whatever energy or whatever skill that they need to harness and then be able to produce and perform at the highest level. And, you know, I think, like you said, we're demystifying this and it's becoming a little bit less kind of um, poo-poo than, than it used to be in the, back in the day there, right? And I think athletes are understanding and being more receptive to that so they understand it's more than just physical. It's more than just a skill set. Like, you need to have that mental attitude and that toughness and the ability to kind of access that before you can actually bring it and, and deliver it to physically as well. Sure, absolutely. And creating balance. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you have a body, you have a mind. And a lot of times I think back in the old days, everybody says, oh, the mind is not good or the body's not good. Right. So now we're finding that balancing everything yeah. that we're doing is very important. Yeah. And, I, and that's why I don't want to get too far off of, of, of the rhythm aspect of it, but it really ties in together. Uh, about what it is. It's not just a tool that you swing and everything. It's a, it's a state of mind. It's a way of life. And that's really what I want to get across is, you know, um, uh, sure, I create beat tracks for, for your specific rhythms and your routines for your authentic pace and rhythm. Yeah. But essentially what I want to get out, want the student to get out of that is a feeling of a uh, sense of accomplishment, a sense of just being in that state, in that momentary consciousness that when they get out of it, they can identify that and then they can then they could pop themselves back in quicker because that's like the best players. Like that's why Tiger was so good. And in the early two thousands and of course the reemergence of him now, he's getting back to that state again, you know, that controlling his emotions. Yeah. 
controlling what he's doing and being in the moment. And I think too, you know, with a lot of the distractions that are out there, you know, social media, phones, things like that, like technology oh. can be great, but it can also be a curse with regards to keeping your focus and keeping your attention and being in the moment, right? I think a lot of athletes, they're always, they're already thinking way down the line. I suppose to like thinking, Hey, I need to do this at this point in time, let's execute and then move forward. And I think when you have the understanding of mindfulness of being able to be present in the moment that gives you a better sense of one, like you said, accomplishment, but understanding of what needs to happen at that point in time before you can move forward. And that, I think that's really important. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. And, and that's the thing too, is like all these, like I work with um, some tour players and uh, they're looking for that little slight edge, whatever that is. And Sunday afternoon, they're leading, they're up by one shot. They got four holes to go. All right. It's the one that can hold it together the best. Right. That one's going to win. Right. That's why Kepka has been great too. I mean, look at him. He's just, he's a, he's a rhythmic beast. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it. That's that's well put. No question about that. He's you got know. the physical tools, but he's also got that mental toughness and the mental ability to be able to be in the moment, right? And then be able to capitalize that when needed. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, you know, the the, the business that you're in too. I mean, you're you're all about balancing that. Yes. You know, balancing the physicality, balancing the mind, nutrition. I mean, it all goes together now. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, I mean, these guys would like go out and shoot sixty five and go drink beers and and, <laughs> right. and hoof down some burgers and be like, I'm good. You know. <laughs> and I think too, going back to like you talked about, you know, when when you talk about the you know playing the sport of golf, I think a lot of times people think it's there's there's too there's too much rigidity right like it can't just kind of come to them naturally and i think when you get away from some of that natural you know talent that you normally have and make it more rigid and that's that's what we talk about with coaching here too when we talk about fitness and training if you're over coaching or over analyzing things and giving people too much then to try and process and deliver and execute then sometimes you almost lose the client or the athlete in that regard as well you know Absolutely. Well, and you know, and I find too that, you know, you know, everybody's different, right? That comes to you and depending on their skill level, it's like certain ones I can start on like level four and, you know, and then some, I'm like, if I try that with, they're like, what? Right. You know, like it's, it's gone and you might lose them. Yep. And there's certain people you got to start at level one. Yep. It's, it's that whole thing. It's just like, all right, you know, um, let's make some food, uh, first boil water, then you blah, blah, blah. And it's like, whoa, 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 wait, how do you boil water? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, but when we get so close to what we're doing, you know, we, we kind of jump a bunch of steps. I, I'm, I, I think that you fall into that too sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm already thinking way past down the, down the line, right? Instead of, hey, I got to do this in order to get to the next steps. I'm already on step 15. I'm supposed to be on step one, right? And then I think you see a lot of the younger athletes that are there and even some of the, you know, the recreational golfers or recreational athletes, they're already processing stuff way down the line. I suppose to just kind of being in the moment and understanding, Hey, these are the things that are the steps I need to do. Hey, for, for, for instance, golfers have, they don't do a really good job of warming up, right? Most right. guys exactly. will rush to it. will rush to a tee time. They'll get their ball. They'll get the ball teed up and without they'll do a couple maybe, you know, rotations and then they start swinging as hard as they can. Right. So, you know, those things are all, you know, these things are things we try and implement with our athletes that are golfers to understand it's part of the process. And, yeah. And part of the process is being able to physically, mentally be, 
you know, as readily available as possible for the round that you're going to play or even just a practice round so you can maximize your opportunity to, you know, capitalize on whatever you're working on. Well, you know, Russ, I, I tell you, I'm, I'm a victim of this as well. Like sometimes I'll go to the, the course and be like, yeah, let's just go and just go and then play. And it's like, oh, okay. Why am I sore at the end of the round? Right. Why did it take right. me so long? But stepping that back and realizing that it's about the journey. It's not about the outcome, right? It's not about what number you shoot. It's so incorporating the routine, the warm up, the whole thing is part of your round. And I think a lot of us, and you were talking about cell phones and social media and everything, we want instant gratification. We want that pill, right? But it's not about that. It's, it's really about being aware of this moment and being about the process and enjoying every moment of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, I mean, again, I think a lot of people lose sight of that, right? It, it is yeah. a sport at the end of the day. It's supposed to be a fun sport, right? And, you know, although let's say you're, you're playing collegially or even professionally, it's your job. You do it because you love it, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, when you lose sight of that, then all of a sudden you become a little bit more jaded towards that. It becomes more of a, a process and more of just something that you need to do as opposed to something that you love to do. Exactly. And, and it's really treating your whole life like that. Right. Like if, if, you, if you look at your whole life, I actually did a, a, a goofy video on, on, uh, on YouTube and it shows the difference of like everything is rhythm in your life. Everything that we, can, we do can look in rhythm. Like we brush our teeth, rhythm. If we're aware of the task at hand, you can start like, mm, ah, Oh, you can, I mean, put on some tracks, you know, and start grooving and brushing your teeth. Right. It totally opens a whole new realm to brushing your yes. teeth, yeah. like making breakfast, flipping pancakes with style, you know, pa. it's, it's, it's silly and it's goofy, but it's, it's actually very gratifying when you do it, when you're aware of what you're doing. That's number one. Yeah. And I think too, if you can tie it to something that resonates with the person that you're working with. Right. For you, obviously, drumming is a huge part of your life and you can kind of implement a lot of that stuff in your, in your livelihood. If you can tie something again, I think that's what I think it's the beauty of trying to figure out how to be a, a good coach. Right. Whether you're coaching fitness, whether you're coaching beats, whether you're coaching whatever it may be, figuring out something that resonates with your clientele is really, really key to allow them to understand what you're trying to do with them. Absolutely. Well, the, one of my first questions is actually always, have you ever played a musical instrument when growing up? Yeah. And probably 99, the people who come to me, probably like 99.5% have played an instrument. Now, they're, they're actually reluctant to say because I said, well, what's that instrument? They're like, the recorder. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that obnoxious thing that you right. played because you had to in chorus or whatever. So I'm like, no, 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 that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Whatever. It's, we're not going to play one of those today. But uh, you understand what counting is. You understand what, you know, what a quarter note might be. And even if you don't remember it, it's in there. It's in there. Yep. No question. So it so makes a lot this, easier. You know, explain to me or explain to the listeners the whole tempo emotion system. You may take us through your assessment process of maybe how to find the best, you know, tempo or rhythm that works for the athlete that you're working with at that point in time. Sure. Well, like I mentioned before, like life, everything that we do has a rhythm to it, right? It's just like everything that we do, we have an authentic tempo that we tend to do things when we don't think about it, right. how we walk, how we talk, like you, for example, you know, I could probably guess your tempo, by just your mannerisms and how you walk and talk. Because a, a lot of times what, what people want to do is they want to put somebody into something that might not be authentic to them. 
And I think that's why we're going back to, you know, being conscious of what the actual student needs, the golfer needs. Yeah. So that's really the first stage is understanding what their natural pace is, have them swing, take some swings with their current golf swing, whatever it is, and I'll get an idea. I'll get a baseline. And then what I do is I now use auditory cues to map the rhythm of their swing, which is the takeaway, the transition, and impact, right? So what they do is now they start learning and identifying what that is, swing to that, that beat pattern, start feeling it, and then I start asking questions. I said, how does that tempo feel? And once they start understanding that language, then they can start articulating and say, uh, you know, I feel like it's a little slow. Okay, good. So we'll speed it up a little bit. And then, no, 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 that's too fast. <laughs> and then so we start going back and forth. So it's a, it's, a, it's a great process to start getting into. And then the, the golfer becomes aware of their inner state, their rhythmic flow within their body, and what their golf swing is doing. Yeah. And, uh, and probably another high percentage of one of the reasons why people come is, I've got a quick transition. Right, so the yeah. quick transit, I snatch it from the top. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, cool, all right, good. Show me your golf swing. So chances are, yes, they do snatch it from the top, but what they tend to do is they take it away fast too, and then they might slow down. So somewhere within their golf swing, there's a rhythmic inconsistency to building momentum and releasing force and energy. Yeah. So that's a big part of the process too. It's not just like, okay, swing to tracks. It's taking them through stages yeah. of understanding. Yeah. So and I think the customization that you're doing, like, you know, tweaking things here and there, Hey, if, does this feel too fast? Does this feel too slow? You know, that whole assessment process and the customization of that assessment process is a big key. What we do here with our, with our sports physical therapy and our athletes, when it comes to getting them back to a level of performance, like we need to tweak the nuances become even that much more magnified when you're talking about getting back to the level that they were, they were at prior to an injury or prior to whatever they were dealing with. So, you know, I think that's really, really cool that you kind of bring that to the fold so that, okay, yeah, you might be transitioning quick to the downswing, but what are some other things and what are some other cadences that you're seeing during the full swing and looking at that big lens view as opposed to just, you know, being, being, being micromanaging and looking at it very, very, very small too. Exactly. Exactly. And, and a big key too is, and, and you know as well, is not giving the athlete too much at one time. Yeah. You know, because like I said, if they don't understand what it is they're feeling, ad address that. Address that thing to get them to feel a win. Yeah. You know, because it's all about getting a win for them to move forward. Yeah. Or else they're just going to be like, well, you know, this isn't working. Right. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, like we talked about, like the, the whole idea of instant gratification, right, with, with the way I think society is now, if something doesn't work for them right away, they're immediately going somewhere else. Yeah. You look right. at, you know, you know the, 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 the recreational golfer, they're looking at thousands of different YouTube videos to see what, what's going to fix their swing. And if something resonates with them, they'll use that. If it doesn't, then they'll go somewhere else, right? So oh. I think, you know, having people invest in, in the process and understand that this is a process. It's not going to happen overnight. But I think in the long run, it'll make you feel like you're more consistent with your game and understanding how best to transfer that energy from the downswing transition or from the backswing, I should say, transition and then down into swing, uh, downswing and impact 
Like that's a huge key part that a lot of golfers, I think, have a tendency to miss. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, just back to back to another point too is um, there's someone for everyone. You know, and especially like you're saying on YouTube now. Um, yes, you can jump from one person for tip for this to this to this to this. But what I'm noticing a lot more like YouTubers are doing, and even a lot of coaches is they are they are adopting a system, and they're hoping that you stay with them through the system. Yeah. Like I won't give tips. I don't like to give tips. It just it just against everything that I believe in because it's it's not like I'd rather give you a seven course meal than just give you a little little bite of something. Yeah. Because that's when real change comes. It's like starting at that one specific time of like an understanding and that, hey, let's go through the process. Yeah. As long as you keep it fun, interactive, and they're processing and progressing, yeah. then hey, we're good. Right. We're good. Right. And I'm the first one to say, if this is not working for you, I'm sure that there's somebody else out there that's going to help you. Right. And I think you being aware of that as well, knowing that, hey, listen, not everyone's meant for you. And I'm the same way as well. There are people that come to me where I feel like I'm, I, I could be a really good match for you. And there's other people there where I'm like, you know, maybe what, you, you're probably better, better served working with someone else. And that's okay. Right. There is someone for everyone. And we're not going to be able to tailor you know, our skill set to everyone's needs. And, and you shouldn't because you're doing a disservice to not only yourself, but the people that you're working with. Exactly. So, I think yeah. We're on, the, we're on the same wavelength. In the <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so, you know, again, you know, Mike, with regards to tempo and motion, when you, let's say, after you do the assessment process and you get a feel for what their rhythm is and you start to kind of maybe add some, you know, some, some rhythm or some, you know, you know, some click tracks, whatever it may be, to their swing, Tell me the process after that. How often are they practicing with that? Are they utilizing that as often as they can? You know, tell me the process that goes through. Well, what I usually do is, and depending on the player, of course, but I, I want them to work that in, especially when they're starting first, is they need to do it every day. And this is something that they can listen to uh, in their car. They can listen to it in their house. They can listen to it anytime. And I recommend that because the, uh, the body and the mind that doesn't know the difference whether you're swinging a golf club or not, the more that you, you listen to these tracks, you embody that in the feeling that no matter what you grab, you're going to start playing in that rhythm. Right. So you have benefits no matter even if you're at the range. But I'll always say is use it for the first 10, 15 minutes when you're warming up. Hit, hit balls, hit the track, hit three balls with the tracks on, hit balls with, uh, without the track on, three balls. So you start building independence. Yeah. And you start kind of like a being between like, oh, okay, there's the feeling. Now you're starting to bridge the gap. Yeah. Saying, okay, now my tempo is getting better. It feels good when I put the track on and it feels good when it's off. Because the number one thing we want to get to too, Russ, is when you're out on the uh, playing golf and Essentially, that's what we want, right? We want to perform well in the golf course. So you want to be able to utilize it when you need it. Yeah. And if your rhythm gets off on the golf course, ah, there it is. I hear my track. Just take some practice swings to it. Get yourself back in momentary consciousness. Boom. And then hit. So that's great. That's great. And I think, too, we, we're creatures of habit, right? So if we start to implement that as part of our routine, like we've talked about, even you know, when, we, when we first started having this conversation, then I think it becomes more accessible when you're not utilizing the tracks, right? So if you're not having it in your ear, you can kind of get a feel for, hey, this is the rhythm I should be utilizing. And hopefully that leads to better consistency in that regard. Well, I mean, this, like I said, the whole thing started um, like as a drummer, just using a straight up metronome was, 
you know, it's, it's laborious and painstaking working your timing. It's like, ah, oh. but if you, you could treat it as like your friend that helps you. Like I will never ever go on a tour or play on somebody's album without going through the basics, the fundamentals of putting the tempo of what I'm going to play yeah. on and play to it because it, it, Get, basically gets you back to baseline again, gets you back to neutral. And then you start understanding where your speed up spikes are, where your slowdown spikes might happen. And so it just kind of puts everything tight again. Yeah. And that's why somebody says, well, my rhythm is good. It's like, yeah, it's great. That's awesome. But what is it when you're not good, when you're not on? Because right. I tell you what, I, I've been a professional drummer. I toured at a very high level for many years. And there's no difference other than the obvious instrument, whether you play golf or play drums. Right. So it's all about motion, and you're going to lose your rhythm from time to time. No what tools do we use to get back? Yeah. So let's, let's kind of talk about that side too, right? Like when you try and implement tempo and motion, and um, let's say they're, they're getting it, but maybe not getting it the way they want. What are some things that you see golfers struggle with most when they're trying to implement something like this? It's really in their understanding of what they're doing. I think that's the most thing is that, you know, they, they, they come into it very often where, you know, they, they set themselves behind the eight ball first off and say, well, I don't have rhythm. You know, I, I can't dance. My wife tells me I can't dance or whatever. Oh, no, no. They're embarrassed for whatever reason. Right, right. And it's, it's basically about pulling them aside and saying, yes, you do have rhythm or else you wouldn't be here right now. You've got a heartbeat. Right, right. Uh, and I mean, we got to go back to the basics, right, okay? Right. I mean, if we don't have if we don't have a heartbeat. There's no reason to be training your rhythm anyway, right? right? So, yeah, I, I find that it's it comes down to as soon as they start saying, "Oh, it's not something to be feared," then okay, let's get into it. Yeah, now I could do it. Yeah, you know, it's this this whole rhythm thing is something important because the golfers have been talking about it since the beginning of time. Right. My rhythm is off. My tempo got fast. Yeah. Well, what do we do about that? Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, you know, people struggle and sometimes there's, there's an underlying issue that maybe you need to have a conversation about before you can even move forward. Right. We see that a lot with the people that come in our doors is, Hey, listen, I want to play, I want to play great golf and I've been dealing with low back for X amount of years. And I'm like, okay, that's great. You know, we're going to try and get you there, but is there something else that you want to get back to doing that you haven't been able to do? Well, yeah, I'm having trouble getting down on the ground, playing with my grandkids, things like that. These are these underlying issues that uh -huh. ultimately then you're like, okay, well, now I have a better understanding as to, yes, I want to do this, but also there's other issues that we need to address as well, right? And I think sometimes having those conversations can open them up to other ideas that there are a number of ways to get, to get to a certain result or a certain outcome. It's just a matter of figuring out what works best for them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they didn't realize it. Yeah, right. they don't realize until they do. It's like, oh, okay. Right. Yeah. If you ask the right questions, maybe they, they come up with stuff that they didn't even really think was an issue. And then all of a sudden, like, yeah, maybe that's something that we need to work on. And, and I think that's a testament to a great coach is not necessarily giving the information, but it's like pulling the information out of the athlete. That's right. like guiding them, steering them towards self-discovery. Right. And you know, that's, that's really what it's about as far as I'm concerned. That's, I mean, so. that's, that's a great, that's a great point. So let's do this. Let's transition to our, our what's in the bag segment, right? So I know you're an avid golfer and uh, a lot of our golf and uh, listeners like to kind of hear what our guests have in the bag. So maybe yeah. tell us a little bit about what's in the bag. 
Uh, okay. All right. So I have, and I, I, I love these things. I've got these irons. I love blades, right? Because I always wanted to be a feather golfer. Said so if I get blades, they're tough to hit. I'm gonna get good, right? So I got I got Wilson staffs, and these are the ones that um, Gary Woodland were playing. I don't okay. know the Wilson staff irons, right? Nice. They're beautiful blades. I still have an, an Adams three wood that I love. A uh, the newest Titleist driver. TS two, TS three, three, three. The three yeah. and um, and what's my my putter is the spider putter the black. Oh, nice! That thing is so pimp. I love that man. <laughs> it's so good. It's like you look you look down at that thing. It's like everything's going in, man. You know. <laughs> I mean, hey, listen, you you want to have that confidence, right? That's your money maker. So you better have good confidence when you when you bring that club out. Well, I mean, what it, like even Trevino said, it's like, it's, it's basically a beauty pageant. If you look down, it's like, you got to love what you see down there, you know? Right. And if you don't, yeah, it's just not going to connect. That's right. So, that's right. And, and I'm, a, I'm a Pro V1X guy. Nice. Yeah, that's great. Pro V1X. Great ball. I mean, Titleist, yeah. Titleist, we, we have a tendency to kind of gravitate towards Titleist when it comes to the, some of the products that we use on the golf course. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so let's do this. Let's do our shotgun round. So we're going to yeah. ask you a number of different golf-related questions. You're going to try and do your best to answer as quickly as possible without much thought. Okay. All right, ready? So uh, yeah. favorite golfer? Okay, of all time or recently? Of all time. Of all t- Fred Couples. Yeah. You're talking about smooth and rhythm. That's the reason why this whole thing started, Daddy-O. <laughs> he is, I mean, he is a phenomenal golfer. And, again, the fact that he can continue – to look as smooth as he does, especially as he ages, it's pretty incredible to see. Well, just just a quick quick shoot off of that is I had a chance to work with with uh, one of the students out of uh, out of Austin, and his coach was Paul Marchand, and Paul Marchand is wow. Freddie's coach from yeah. back in the day, and they went to Austin to get or Houston together, and you know with Blaine McAllister and and uh, gosh, who's the who's the guy who does football too? Nance, Nance Jim Nance. Nance, yeah, yeah, right. So Marshawn was telling me stories about Freddie, and he's like, he's like, he's always hit the ball great. He's like, he's just always been smooth like that. He's like, I don't have to coach him much. I just say yeah or no or yeah or yeah, but that's basically what it was. <laughs> just natural talent, man. That's great. All right, how about our favorite golf brand for you? Actually, I like TaylorMade. Yeah. I'm a TaylorMade guy. I just, I, I don't play them, but I love them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I remember my, my very first clubs when I was a kid where they were the, the, the tailor-made burner bubbles. I mean, those things were, I mean, they were right? phenomenal clubs. Yeah, yeah. Those are, I mean, they, they do a great job. And obviously, their, their A-list of pros on, on tour that they've got on their, their roster, it's pretty impressive. Okay, so the burner bubbles, those are the bronze ones, right? They're yes, the, yeah. right, the, right, those? Yeah. All right, now let me, let me, let me, we got a little, a little age thing here, right? So I'm going to say my first, I'm not going to say persimmon so much because I did grow up with persimmon, but, <laughs> but the, uh, the first club that I actually fell in love with, with millions have as well, is the Bertha. The big Bertha, man. Big Bertha, yeah. Which is probably the size of like a five wood head now. You look at it now, like I even remember like the days when they had like the biggest big Bertha. You look at it now, it pales in comparison to what they've got on the market. Yeah, that's nothing. Yeah. (laughs) All right, how about a preferred drink or snack while you're playing? Oh, dude, you know, I cramp up. I tend to cramp up. So I'm a banana guy. 
I'll, I'll banana up and, and uh, I'll do like a electrolyte water yeah. or something like that. Like water run, I'll just dump electrolytes in it. Yeah, especially down in Florida there, like, you know, the, the sun, especially during the summer, that can get hot and, you know, cramping is pretty, pretty common down there, I'm sure. Well, you know, not only that, it's like I had, I had a, a tough experience. I was caddying for this cat back in the 90s. I was going, uh, I was in Australia at the time okay. and uh, I, I toured, I, I caddied for this guy for the Australasian Open. And literally, so in the second round, I'm carrying his bag, and dude, it gets so hot there. It's, it was like 115, like oh man, it was just bananas, right? And uh, and my leg, my calf cramped up, like literally, I was in agony and pain. I think it was on like the eighth hole, <laughs> and I couldn't walk. I couldn't walk, and he just said, "All right, give me the bag. Just meet me when you can." <laughs> so, so somebody came. Thankfully enough, and literally gave me a couple of bananas. I ate a couple of bananas, drank a bunch of water, and I continued. There you go. So maybe that's like you know, that's subconsciously that's the I need, this whole time. I needed potassium, and you, you know, go. maybe you could guide me to something else that would there you be. Go. Yeah, we can talk about that after the show. All right. All right. How about uh, par three or par five? Um, I like par threes, man. I like par threes. I want my shot. I yeah. want my shot right away. For sure. I want to. I want to get it close right away. Nice. And make right, the part. How about uh, for you, cart or walk? Oh, you gotta walk. And and you know, of course. And why, why will I say walk? Right. I don't know. Tell me why. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Russ. Go on. Go on. It's 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 all about connecting because when you walk, you step. You're in rhythm. You breathe. You breathe in rhythm. And that's, that's also another part. I don't like to get off so much on, on I know we're doing rapid fire questions, but a big part of, of, uh, of what we do too is doing breathing exercises because breathing tends to bring us back in the moment, don't no it? Question. No question. So walking is, is imperative. Yeah. And especially the younger guys, they got to walk. So that's why I, I get a chance to really work with them yeah. on walking and breathing. They hit a bad shot, get mad, shake it off. But breathe and walk. Yeah. Get yourself. Mm, yeah. Let's let's hit it where it is. That's let's great. play it where it is. That's that's great. Yes, I mean, I think, like you said, when, when you don't think about it, walking is a very rhythmic thing. And when you don't really kind of think about it, you just do it. You don't. Again, it's good perspective for someone like yourself who's working on tempo and working on different types of things to kind of hone in on. That's a key concept. That again, if you're walking, you can kind of try and find that pretty quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. Put you right back in rhythm. So Absolutely. there you go. All right. How about uh, Caddyshack or Happy Gilmore? Oh man. I, I got to go Caddyshack, man. I'm sorry. I, I, although, although Happy Gilmore is a really close, close second, but, but cause yeah, Sandler, he's out of his mind, but, but I, I'm a Rodney fan dude through and through. Yep. So, I mean, that was just ridiculous. Yeah. To each their own. Listen, both, both movies are great. And I think people struggle with that conversation as well too. All right, how about um, a favorite golf memory for you? Golf memory. Okay, golf memory had to be when I rolled this thing out. I was in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I said, I'm going to go. I've been working on my rhythm, on my tracks. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. Let me go out and do this. So I said, I am just going to focus on rhythm today. All right, so I went out, and I I was playing, 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 all good. I didn't remember the round at all until my playing partner on 18 said, did you realize that you just birdie five holes in a row? And, and I said, I did. And I had do, I had no idea. I had, I, I was kind of like, I was just saying it. I was feeling it. It was whatever. Just marking the card. I wasn't feeling it, thinking anything. And then as soon as he said that, that I was like, 
Hey, I'm five under. I'm five under right now. And what did I proceed to do? Hooked it into the woods. And I triple bogeyed. So that was a golf memory that was like a, a plus and a minus because it showed me to say, well, you know, if you don't take your mind in that area, you can actually play yeah. in, in the moment. Absolutely. So I've been always working to get back to that and balancing that out. So that was my, that was actually my, my fondest memory. There. That's really cool. And I think too, like that just shows you the appreciation that when you are feeling it or are in the zone, right? And we talk about this flow state, that there's a lot of things you can accomplish and you're not really even thinking about it, right? You're just kind of doing it. You're just being aware of, of your surroundings. You're walking. You're just like, okay, I got to go hit the shot now. Right. Right, yeah. right, absolutely. Okay, so to finish up the shotgun round, who's someone you maybe recommend we reach out to be a guest on the show? Oh, I would, I would say um, uh, get Mike Bender. Absolutely, get yeah. Mike Bender. He would love to talk with you, I'm sure. I mean, nice. because the, the thing is, is, you know, Mike is, uh, he's the reason why I moved from Santa Fe, packed up my wife and my puppy, and we drove across country to be here in Orlando at Mike's place is because he really believes in what we do. Sure. And he's, his main thing was, man, if I had this when I was playing on tour, he's like, I'd still be playing on tour. So, you know, uh, that to me is he's always been so supportive. Sure. And I just think it would, his, his knowledge of, of golf and how he approaches training and coaching is, uh, is, is a great asset for you guys to have. Nice. Yeah. Mike would be, I mean, he'd be great to at least kind of get on the show and get an idea as to his approach, his whole thought process, especially when he played. Like, that would be really cool to do. Absolutely. Cool. Well, there you go. All right, so let's end with this, uh, Mike. Let's, let's kind of talk about some words of wisdom, right? So from your perspective, you know, when you talk about tempo and motion and maybe you kind of want to implement some of these different things, for golfers who are maybe struggling, let's say, let's say a pre-shot routine or maybe just some structure or maybe just a routine that they can utilize consistently, you know, what's maybe some advice you would give to the golfer, whether it be, you know, a youth golfer, or, you know, recreational golfer, someone on the tour? I mean, what's some recommendations maybe you would – kind of give if let's say they would fit into the mold of let's say tempo and motion well you know like i like we talked about it's like obviously it's organic this whole process is organic and what's organic to us is really breathing and i, I mean I, that's probably the number one thing i could say is and it's so overlooked because they say well because our autonomic nervous system we breathe naturally anyway or else we'll know it yeah. right yeah. so but we don't focus on that because we're so in our mind about you know, outcomes and what's wrong with my golf swing and what do I do about it? And, you know, my rhythm is quick, it's off. A uh, whole myriad of issues that happen. But as soon as we decide to focus and on our breath and say, oh, there it is, that quiets our mind. We walk in that tempo, we walk in that breath, ah, puts us in the moment. Any chance that you can get yourself back to the moment, you'll not only feel better, but you'll perform much better guaranteed every time and again too like that has a lot of parallels to training and, and, and strength conditioning you know when we talk about breathing and utilizing your breath and using it to your advantage to again build stability around the spine or build stability in places that maybe you're struggling and that has a lot of parallels no question about it well russ and just into your business too that i found that when i've been trained like whether i'm doing a bench press or whatever i've had a trainer and they, they always say breathe don't forget to breathe that's like Oh my gosh, I've been holding my breath for like two sets now, you know? <laughs> like, well, really? So then at that point, I was like, oh. Yes. So yeah. 
It definitely there makes it, it's a huge difference too. And especially when you're talking about performance, things like that, I think taking that breath and understanding how breathing can really kind of get you back into the moment. I mean, that can go a long way when you're talking about a sport like golf. Well, and the last thing too is, and due to this pandemic, and this is, this is somebody that I've, I've kind of um, really, really applied this to my daily routine. And I don't know if you, if you're, if you're a Wim Hof fan, but I've been doing Wim Hof's breathing techniques yeah, for like nice. probably six weeks now. Wow. And it's, it's really worth a try. And if I could give a shout out for him, he's helped me so much and my wife to really help with this mindfulness thing. Because the thing is, is when we go and meditate, it's hard to get in there and just sit down and say, okay, I'm just going to meditate now. By doing what I found is the Wim Hof technique has like been amazing to get you in that state. Then it's like, oh, there it is. So if you're, if you, uh, if you've not tried it, please do. Absolutely. And I think too, like understanding, you know, again, meditation is something that obviously we, we try and kind of recommend if, if people kind of fit the mold and feel like they can do that, but you're right. A lot of people struggle with trying to figure out how best to go about doing it. Right. So utilizing some breath and being able to kind of be a little bit more at peace mentally, right. Kind of calm down all the the thoughts you've got in your head and try and obviously just kind of focus on your breath. And that can go a long way in helping people kind of understand how best to utilize it. Absolutely. And I mean, that, and, and essentially, what are we really here for? I mean, we're here to feel good, right? We like to feel good, no matter what we're doing. We're always searching for that feeling good. Yeah. And whatever really brings that, that we can do organically, that really doesn't cost us much money, that yeah. don't cost us anything, Right. they just do that. Yeah. And for us as coaches, the reason why we go to coaches is because we need that expertise. We need those eyeballs on us for obvious reasons. That's why I think, you know, coaches these days are paramount. I mean, it's so important to get yourself a good coach because we could do it on our own, but you're really not maximizing what you really can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Find a team that you can surround yourself with that will elevate your game in every aspect, right? And I think that's a key point that we try and kind of do with our, with our, either our youth athletes or even just like our recreational golfers, you know, find, you know, a swing instructor that you really, really trust and kind of resonate with. Find someone on the fitness side or the rehab side that really understands the game of golf so that we can make it a little bit more of an integrative model or a collaborative model to get you to where you want to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, good on you. Good on you. <laughs> so, right. uh, Mike, this was a great conversation, man. I really appreciate your time. For those who want to learn more about you and what you're doing with Temple in Motion, what are some ways that people can reach out and contact you? Well, just uh, you could go on our Instagram page. That's a great way to see like what we're doing because yeah. there's a lot of posts on, you know, custom pre-shot routines that we're doing, you know, for all different uh, you know, levels of golfers too. Yeah. Or just go to tempoinmotion.com get yourself on, on uh, subscribe to the Tempo app. And the cool part about if you subscribe to the Tempo app is you get live coaching support. So anytime for that amount of money it costs per month, you get live coaching. Nice. So you could be out on the golf course and say, hey, you know, my rhythm's off. Hey, coach, what am I doing? And we'll answer you. Chances are like pretty much instantly. So yeah, that's the power of technology, right? That's, that, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Yeah. Great. Well, Mike, we, again, we appreciate your time. Uh, those who want to reach out to Mike, we will put all his contact information in our show notes. Uh, thanks, thanks again so much again, Mike. Uh, and thanks so much for listening to the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast. We'll catch you on the next one. Thanks, Russ. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much again for listening to this week's episode of the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast. If you enjoy the content of this show, we would love it if you would leave an iTunes review to help us grow and expand our ability to provide you with the golf information you are seeking. 
If you're listening to this show and are dealing with aches, pains, or issues from golf that haven't been resolved, or you're not exactly sure where to turn, then let us know how we can help. Whether you are local or not, you can work directly with us through our pain-free golf performance program, which is completely virtual and online. This program is customized to you and your goals of playing your best golf yet. We would assess how well you move to give us a baseline of what you can do, and then based on that assessment, come up with a training program best suited for you. We are offering a special podcast promotion, which gives you access to our program at a reduced rate. You can inquire by going to manaperformancetherapy.com forward slash pain-free golf. Again, mana is spelled M-A-N-A. So it's manaperformancetherapy.com forward slash pain-free golf and use the promo code podcast when inquiring so we can help you feel better and play better golf. Be sure to tune into next week's episode and we'll catch you then.